chapter 
It's nothing to fall out with each other over. It's nothing to get upset about. I used to tell the young preachers that I worked with and trained, I said, fellas, if somebody doesn't agree with you, that shouldn't bother because if it bothers you, all it shows is that you're not really sure about what you believe. If you're really sure about what you believe, what difference does it make for the people to bring you to the I believe the next event on the prophetical calendar is the rapture of the church. And I believe even I'm going to preach tonight that this passage magnifies or reflects that event. Now, before I dig into this passage just for a few moments, I want to give you a little bit of foundation. I, 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 I want you to see that the rapture is not just some new concept. Premillennialism is something that started in the middle, middle of the 20th century as far as men beginning to teach it and preach it. I'm not going to say that that's the first time anybody knew anything about it because I, I don't really believe that. But I want you to see tonight, dearly beloved, that this is not just something that uh, man has made up. It is very clearly and definitely a biblical truth taught, especially in the New Testament. But I believe you'll see tonight that it's not just taught in the New Testament, it's taught in the Old Testament as well. But if you will look with me, I want you to see a few verses. I want you to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 very quickly. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Look what it says here. Verse 13. But I would not have you ignorant, brethren. That's, young ladies, that's what you need to say to these boys who want to date you and you are, that young man's not ready. I'd not have you ignorant, brethren. Concerning them which are asleep, that's physical death. The word asleep there is talking about physical that you saw not, even as others, which have no hope. See, what had happened, and the reason why these two epistles were written to the Thessalonians is after Paul had gone there, somebody came into that church and it convinced them that the Lord had already come and they missed it. That concerned them about their loved ones. So, first and second Thessalonians were written to comfort these believers. And you'll see that in a minute. Verse 14 says, For if we believe that Jesus died, and rose again. Even so also, even so, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not forget them which are asleep. There's going to be saints alive when this event takes place. There's going to be saints in the grave. And that's what the word asleep Verse 16 says, But the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. That's the baptism. Caught up. It's the Greek word, 
harpazo, it means to be snatched by force. I remember when I was going to House Edison College, some of my colleagues came by one night after supper and said, Hey, brother, listen, we're going to one of the back rooms in the school here. We're going to have rapture practice. I said, You're going to have what? Don't you know white men can't jump? Oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't politically correct. Forgive me. We're going to have rapture practice, they said. Uh, what do you mean you're going to go back to practice? I'm going to tell you something, fellas. You're going up, it's not going to have anything to do with practice. You're going to be snatched by force. You're going to be taken by God. That's what the rapture is all about. And look what he goes on to say. With a shout. With the voice of the archangel, verse 16. And with the trump of God, where else do you hear this? Do you hear this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? And there he says that there's going to be a transformation. This, this, this corruptible, this body is going to put on incorruption. We're going to get a brand new body. It's not going to get sick anymore. It won't grow old anymore. It's going to put on incorruption. We're not going to be ugly anymore like me. We're going to look just like Jesus. Oh, how sweet Jesus. This mortal shall put on immortality. He's talking about the soul. It's not going to be subject to the corruptible nature anymore, the old lost sinful nature. It's not going to be subject to sin anymore. It's going to be free. God be the Lord. That's 1 Corinthians 15, and it is a extra description of what Paul is talking about here. The trump of God, there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says the trump is going to sound. In Revelation chapter 4, it says the trump is going to sound. And here it says the trump is going to sound. Look what it says here. Verse 17, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. I don't see how you can't believe in the rapture. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. He cannot be talking about the second coming of Christ to this earth. Because, the, because he does not come to this earth in this passage. He comes to the air. He doesn't meet the church down here. He meets the church in the air. And he's talking about the harpazo in the Greek language, the getting snatched by force. Turn to Second Thessalonians. Paul continues these thoughts. He continues these thoughts here in Second Thessalonians chapter two. And here, what you learn, dearly beloved, is that the Antichrist is not going to be revealed until the Holy Spirit in his church is gone. Look at verse 1 of chapter 2. Now we beseech you, therefore, brethren, beseech you, brethren. By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled. Neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, 
that the day of Christ is at hand. Well, if it was at hand in Paul's day, it's surely at hand in ours. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. It's that there come a falling away first in 1 Timothy chapter. 2 Timothy chapter 4 reveals this. 1 Timothy chapter 3 reveals this falling away. Apostasy. And that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. And he goes on to describe the man of sin. In verse 4, he imposed him and exalted himself above all that is called God on his worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That's what Daniel described in his week of years, in his prophets. Said in the middle of the week, this is exactly what the Antichrist is going to do. Verse 5 says, Remember ye not. But when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth, and another word for withholdeth, there is hindrance. Keeps it from happening. You know, we live in a world that just seems to have a low opinion of the church. But if the world thinks it's bad now, then you wait till Jesus comes and the church leaves out here. Matter of fact, the only thing that's holding it back, the, the only restraining force from the judgment of God, and this nation is going to face the judgment of God, she's killed over six million babies, judgment awaits her. You want to know how God feels about that? Just read about what happened in Egypt when Pharaoh killed all those babies and God came through Egypt and took the firstborn of every family. Read about what Herod did in Israel when he tried to save his own throne. And so he sent those wise men to wherever Jesus was. He wanted to know where he was located. And in the interim, he had every child, two years old and younger, killed. That's why the wise men didn't go to the manger. <clears throat> Sorry about that. They went to Nazareth. Jesus was probably somewhere between an infant and two years old. The Bible did not say they came into the manger of the cave. They came into the house. You know what happened? They rode. I stood there, Johnny, and I just stood there. Right there, Caesarea Maritime, in the theater, right there in front of the Mediterranean Sea. Herod comes out, Antipas comes out to glorify himself and lift himself up. God smashed him with a heart attack and learned. This nation is going to face the judgment of God. So tired of hearing women say it's my body, my choice. Who told you that? Where did you learn that? Did you make your body? Well, I'll tell you who made it. God did. And Paul said to the church at Corinth, you're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, and even if your body was your own, that baby's body isn't your own. I won't charge any extra for that little after pastor. But I believe it. I'm as serious as cancer about it. So when is the Antichrist going to be revealed? After the church leaves. The Holy Spirit in the church is what he says. Now you know what we're holding that he might be revealed in his time. Talking about the Antichrist. Well, the mystery of iniquity, that is the spirit of the Antichrist, that all 
He said that up until the rapture, it'll be a world ruled by sin. After the rapture and the tribulation period, it'll be a world ruled by Satan. The hindering, foreboding force will be taken out of the way. Sin and iniquity will break loose. This whole world is moaning and groaning right now. And this whole world tonight is pregnant with sin. And it's just about to give birth to the next. But it's not going to happen until the church is taken away. Just look at this in verse 7. Until he be taken out of the way. And then look what it says in verse 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed. He's not going to be revealed until the church is gone. Now I know he uses the personal pronoun he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Where is the Holy Spirit tonight? He's in his church. And you know what he said? He said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. That means that he leaves Jesus Christ is the door. A door was opened in heaven. 
Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 17. I already dropped it. Look what it says. He was talking with me. He said, he's talking to John. Come up here. Parpato. Stashed by horse. John changes location. He leaves the earth and he goes to heaven. And he has a bird's eye view of all the carnage and all the judgment that's going to take place on the face of this earth. Let me tell you why I know that. Look what he says. Look up here. Look at me. And I will show you the things which must be the Chapter 4 and 5, the church is in heaven. They're standing around the throne room of heaven. The Lord Jesus, the Lamb, is in the midst, and they're singing a new song. Worthy art thou, Lord, for thou hast redeemed us out of every nation, out of every kindred and every tongue. That's mission right there. That's mission. That's the great commission. Immediately when the church gets to heaven, the first thing that's going to take place is the beam of seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ, the church is going to be judged for her purity. It's not going to be about heaven and hell. It's going to be about reward. It is all about our works. And then when that judgment is finished, dearly beloved, he's going to start the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're all going to sit down with Jesus and have fish tacos and tequilas. Comida mexicana y las otras deliciosas. I don't know what's going to be there, but you're going to love it. And that's up to God. He's going to say, bring me my white horse. He's going to get on his and we're going to get on ours. And the sky's going to roll back like a scroll. We're going to follow him out of heaven. His vesture's going to be dipped in blood on his thigh. Name it the king of kings. going to come out of the heaven and the armies of the earth, the world, are going to be gathered. And you know, this is what abuse is They're going to be gathered to do war against the Lamb. That's like a chihuahua fight the great man. And I love also what Dr. Phillips said about that. When Jesus comes and they're down there in the valley of Megiddo, and Tony and I just stood there in Megiddo back in September and looked at that vast Jezreel The blood's going to flow to the bridles of the horses. He's not going to use any laser-guided bombs or missiles. He's going to defeat them with the word of his mouth. And John Phillips said his commentary may have two words for him. Drop dead. And I got plenty of words. Anybody can do about it. He's Lord. He's King. And he's coming. Shall be the sign of the end of the world. 
must understand there is no rapture language. There is no church language in Matthew chapter 24. It is a messianic gospel. It is written to the Jew. The key word in Matthew is the book word kingdom. The Gentiles are not about a kingdom. We're about a church. And Jesus was about to sin. Simon Peter just couldn't shake it. And he looked at Jesus not far from the village of Bethany and said this, What about the kingdom? And the Lord said, It's not time for a kingdom. It's time for a church. There's no church language in the book of Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 does not speak of the rapture. It speaks of the second coming of the Lord of this earth. The rapture will be a secretive event. Only the redeemed will hear the sound of the trumpet. The Bible characterizes it as taking place at midnight when a thief in the night comes. But when Jesus comes back to this world, Zechariah says, Every eye shall behold him. His foot will touch the Mount of Olives. There's a fault line right there in front of the eastern gates at this day. And they say that mountain is going to split north and south. That fault line runs east and west. It's going to shake open the golden gate of the eastern gate. Christ rode a mule through a donkey through it the first time. He's going to ride a white horse through it the second time. And he's going to set up his kingdom, the throne of David, right there on Mount Moriah. And he's going to rule and reign. And to God be the glory, we're going to rule and reign with him as kings and priests. I've been asking him to let me be governor of Texas. So you want to be governor of California? Start praying about it right now.
first of all, that this story is a reflection of rapture because of the gloom that surrounded Enoch lived in wickedness and ungodly days. You've got to understand, his great-grandson was Noah. Where do we find him? We find him, or excuse me, his grandson was Noah, language son. We find him in chapter 6. And we find that from the days of Enoch to the days of Noah, iniquity, wickedness, and godliness bloomed to the place to where God had lost patience with mankind and God had decided in his heart that he would destroy them with the flood, and he did in chapter 7. <coughs> this story is a reflection of the rapture. <coughs> I'm sorry, I'll forget. It's a reflection of the rapture because of the gloom that surrounded him. <coughs> because we do know, according to what we read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tonight, according to what you read in Revelation chapter about the church of Laodicea and apostasy, we do know that the days of Enoch and the days of Noah, according to the Lord Jesus, are going to be very similar to the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Here's what he said in Luke chapter 17 and Matthew chapter 24. As it was in the days of Noah, so also shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And I'll, I'll expand upon that here just a moment. But this story is a reflection of rapture, not only because of the gloom that surrounded Enoch, but because of the grace that saved Enoch. <laughs> Some people want to say that people were saved one way in the Old Testament and in another way in the New Testament. Some people say that, well, we were, they were saved by the keeping of the law. Boy, I hope not, because not a one of them could keep the law. They would all go to hell if that was the case. Jesus is the only one that fulfilled the law and kept the law. They were saved the same way we are in the New Testament, by grace and through faith. Chapter 6 says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And James chapter 2 says that Abraham believed that it was counted unto him for righteousness. <coughs> By grace and through faith. The Old Testament saints were saved looking forward to the cross. The New Testament saints were saved looking back to the cross. All history and all prophecy revolves around the cross of Calvary. That's what the Old Testament sacrifices were. They were a pattern of better things to come. And after all the sacrifices of bulls and lambs down through the years, Jesus stepped on the shore of the Jordan River down around the Tarba. And John declared, Behold, behold the Lamb of God who came to saved by grace and Noah's day you can't be saved by grace and our day. Enoch and his story is a reflection of rapture because of the grace that saved him. There's only one kind of person that's going up in rapture. You're not going to heaven because you 
His shed blood over Michigan City. <laughs> he appeared around Hebrews said once at the end of the world. Once. Put away sin. By the sacrifice of his son. There's a third reason. Why I believe this story is correct. A reflection of rapture. Not only because of the gloom surrounding him. That's one reason why I know we're close. I believe we're living in a generation that very well could see the rapture of the church. I don't believe we have long left, folks. This world is rolling down the hill like a snowball, getting bigger every day, picking up speed and momentum. It's pregnant with sin and blossoming and blooming with wickedness and iniquity. I very well believe it could be possible, barring the right, that America has seen its better days. And that just on the other side is the sound of the trumpet. Let me give you this last point. This story is a reflection of rapture. Not only because of the gloom that surrounded him and the grace that saved him, but this story is a reflection of rapture because of the glory that seized all that will be glory for me, glory for me, glory for me, when by His grace I shall look on His face, that will be glory, oh glory for me. She knew that after supper every evening he loved to take a walk. He took his last bite and looked over and said, Sweetheart, I'm going out on my walk and I'm going to talk to the Lord. He got out there and God said, Him, you've been walking with me for three years. As a matter of fact, it's closer here than it is back home. Why don't you just come? You know what? That's where he is today. He's been there. Some of you have loved ones that have gone home before you. You know where they are? That's where they are today. They're with Enoch and they're with the saints of God. And that great cloud of witnesses is described in Hebrews chapter number 11. Oh, that will be glory.
tell you what, everybody can sing in the Carolinas. There's something in the water. Gospel music was born in East Tennessee and in the Carolinas. Camp meetings and brush harbor meetings were born in the Carolinas. Larry told me, he said, there's a young lady in our high school who believes she's a dog. And the school board voted to put bones in the hallway for her to eat one day. This isn't just North Carolina. It's a reflection of our nation. And in these last four years, all the moral standards have been broken down. And common sense has been cast to the wayside. And it seems as though, dear beloved, man can't get wicked enough fast enough. It seems as though he's standing aside trying to devise ways in which he can reject God and shake his fist in his mouth. And I'll say what I want to say and do what I want to do and be what I want to be. Speaking of those day, in the book of Luke, Jesus said, I said, Jesus said this. Be married and give me in marriage. In other words, they'll have no respect for the marriage bond. That will be cast aside. You want to live together? They'll be eating gluttony. Gluttony was manifested. Food was their God. They'll be eating and drinking the abuse of alcohol. I've never been able to understand why. Well, I do understand why. The government is so intent on taking guns when alcohol kills more people than guns. Has ever been thought about this. Nobody ever wants to talk about it. That was no day, and Jesus said that's the way it's going to be. And I think it's true. Socialism permissive. If it feels good, do it. Situation ethics. Nothing's right, nothing's wrong, it's all in how you see it. You age mentality. You are your own God. You are the determiner of your own destiny. I say to you tonight, there's one God, and it's the Lord our God, the God who lives in heaven, who made heaven and earth. And the only thing that will determine your destiny is what you do with it. <coughs> and that's why I believe we're close to the rapture. <coughs> Johnny and I were in the Holy Land and they took us to Bethshan, it's the city that the maniac of Gadara walked in after his conversion. It's the first city of Ken in the Decapolis that the Romans built in Galilee for Roman citizens. You walk in there, they have a, 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 a theater, it's an outdoor theater, it's semicircular, and between the lower and upper deck, you saw these. Because they didn't want 
We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.